Chicago is Luis Padillo. Luis, how are you? Well, Bill, it's a real scorcher out here today. Luis, are you reporting in from our action helicopter up in the skies? I'm, I'm reporting from the action helicopter in the, the sunny Chicago skies. I'm closer to the sun, thus it's hotter up here. Boy, howdy, do we have a hot one for you today. I'm Luis Padillo. I'm here in Bill's palatial one-bedroom apartment. Awesome, and we're going to be talking about E3. You know, that just uh, that just happened mm-hmm. last week, and we've watched a lot of the coverage of it. We've seen a lot of the games that were that are coming out of it, and we have uh, some thoughts and opinions of our own. That's right. Uh, the Electronic Three, uh, yeah, it happened again. Another year in, another year out, and uh, you know what? I I was pretty bummed by last year's E3. But this year got me excited about video games again. As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. And this is a, a quick note here. Uh, we are going to be continuing the screen-watching segment, but uh, just in a future week. Uh, I, I have been enjoying putting that together. I just wanted to focus more on uh, E3, so that more time for that segment means less time for other segments. But we are still going to do... Hey, Luis, what you playing? Oh, yeah, you got me. I'm still playing games. Oh, good. Um, so, Bill, I've been playing uh, this Battle Royale game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I've talked about it before. Maybe you've heard of it. God dang, that's a, that's a good game. And you were telling me you have become pretty skilled at this game. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of PUBG uh, during the last season, as it were, uh, like Overwatch or a lot of other competitive shooters, you're going to have like ranking seasons uh, where they'll reset the uh, rankings. But the last season, I was uh, around top point two one percent of North American players. So that's, for those doing the math out there, that's a fifth of a percent. So out of a prospective 1,000 players, you would hypothetically be better than 995 of them? Am I understanding that correctly? That's yeah, that's the math, man. Uh, yeah, so I got pretty good at being solo <laughs> in that game. Uh, so much so that I started playing solo squads. Uh, which, if you're not playing ba- player in those battlegrounds, that means that you go in solo while everyone else is in four-person squads or three-person squads, uh, which is the ultimate stealth game. Yeah, jeez. Because, yeah, if you get spotted by one or more squads, uh, you're going to get lit the hell up. So it's more about keeping your head down, uh, more about keeping your cool when, like, people are crawling around you and not, like, revealing your position right away. Uh, About being able to, you know, take down one or two players, then either assessing a situation like, getting the hell out of dodge or, like, being able to, like, take down the other two. 
it, it's it's a really fun game. I have I've tried other battle royales or the other battle royale. I tried <laughs> Fortnite. Uh, and Fortnite's not doing it for me. Uh, it's uh, and and it just came out on the Switch too. But that's a E three thing we can talk about as well. Uh, Fortnite doesn't do it for me. It's it's a little too. The shooting is like Borderlands esque, cartoon in a way that I'm not really gelling with. Uh, the, I can't build buildings for the kids. <laughs> the kids like games with building, but that's not me. Uh, it's the children who are wrong. It's the children who are wrong. It's their game that is bad. No, it's obviously a good game. I played. It runs really well, and like I, I, I can't like fault its design decisions, but it's not for me. Uh, I'm, I'm someone who would like play the Arma and also the original Daisy mod uh, before like it was a thing you could buy. Uh, so yeah, screw me. I like my guns to feel and shoot real, uh, and. Man, um, Player Knows Battlegrounds like delivers on that experience. Uh, yeah, um, if, if you guys want, if you ever want to squad up, if you ever want the tips, I'm your man. How can they find you? Uh, Paragon Agent in Player Unknowns. If you ever want to squad up, whatever, I'll lead you to victory. It's, it's yeah. It sounds like there's a better chance than with most that you can lead them to victory. Yeah, um, I. And, and to be fair, I feel like uh, I tend to play better solo anyway. Uh, I don't... I'm a bad communicator. And in those games, like, being able to call out, like, enemies and, and positions pretty fucking important. Yeah, like, I watched a lot of Murder Island, which was the giant bomb uh, segment where they were playing, mm-hmm. basically until they got a chicken dinner. And it was like they would do squads of four and five. And, like, kind of seeing them struggle with it even though, like, it seems like sometimes, like, some of them knew how to play shooters, but just, like, the te- overall team dynamic was was difficult for them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing that play out is like, oh, okay, this is, like, really important to, like, call out who's doing what. Yeah, uh, it's also a game where I think decisions matter more. Like, or, or decisions can have, like, huge consequences, like, deciding to go in certain areas or, like, being able to make snap judgments. Again, a lot, fight or flight is like a constant choice in that game. Uh, it, it turns out it's a it's a backing away from a fight is is just as valid as you know engaging in one. Like you can't be afraid to fight in that game, or else you'll never make it to like top ten. I think I can reliably when I'm soloing make it to top ten most most time like maybe eight out of ten times, uh, and the other like. Two out of ten times, I'm just, like, being an idiot in the first 30 seconds of the match. Uh, yeah, that, that game is phenomenal, I think. Uh, if if I had a, was playing it in 2017 when it came out, it might have been my game of the year 2017. Have you tried the mobile edition of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? I sure have. And what can you tell us about it? It sure is a mobile version of that game. <laughs> it's That's kind of impressive. That game has, shoots better. It feels better than any it has any right to. Like the shooting, like feels pretty decent, even on my crummy iPhone 5S, or it's an SE. In either case, uh, they're pretty sneaky in how they like get you playing. The first couple matches you play are entirely against bots, so you're like guaranteed to win 
the first couple of times you play. Huh. Uh, and then afterwards it throws you against real people, which is garbage because in China there is a official PC emulator for that. Oh, so you can play the mobile version on a PC. That's right. So that means there are people out there using like mouse and keyboard for you know this this jank ass version of PUBG. Uh, and you know what? That is unplayable. That's unfair. That's pretty bad. Yeah, but like even then, like it it weirdly feels good uh, being able to like aim down sights. And use like a touchscreen to like the when you're aiming down sights, like they got the sensitivity just right. They worked some sort of mojo where like you can do some precision shots from there. And in PUBG, you know, like precision like matters much more. Like a, like shooting a different part of the body obviously does different amounts of damage. So that's super important, and I think they kind of nailed that. Hmm. Uh, also, it's completely free, so. Give it a shot, whatever. Uh, there's a hell of loot boxes in that game. Woo! You like loot boxes? Cause he's loot boxing. Check it and see. I got a KD of 3.3. Uh, Bill, what have you been playing? I have been playing Prey Moon Crash. So uh, this is kind of a uh, preview of the E3 discussion, but during Bethesda's uh, presentation, they showed off some DLC for and some like additional content for Prey. Among it, Moon Crash, which is a, a roguelike version of the Prey game. Oh, you have my attention now. So uh, you know, Prey at its you know its base plays a lot like Bioshock, uh, like other like first person survivally type games. Maybe like Alien Isolation a bit. Uh, you're moving around the space station. There are aliens that are trying to kill you. You got to find supplies, craft stuff, and you know solve the mystery of what's going on. Moon Crash does some of that, and also like throws in a few other ideas. Uh, so I'll just try and take you through what I experienced because I didn't really know what to really expect going in. I felt like this was a pretty different uh, setup than the base game. So when you start. You get a screen, and it's got, like, a character select. There are five different characters you can play, but only one is unlocked at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got uh, this volunteer, and I'm using air quotes because within the game, volunteers are not really volunteers. They are uh, conscripts. Or Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so you're this volunteer who's, like, he's got... Uh, special, like, psychic powers, but he's a little, uh, got less health than other characters. Alright. And then there's, like, a, an engineer, and she's got, like, really good repair skills, and, like, more, a better suit. And then there's the janitor. <laughs> so the janitor has no special powers, which was pretty funny. Cool. Does he have keys to everywhere? That was not entirely clear to me. Uh, okay. So, uh, uh, so you start out with the one character, and when you escape your, your, Stranded on the moon base, and you're trying to escape. And when you escape with that character, then you unlock another character to play as. Except you're playing through the same configuration of the moon that the first person did, and it's already been traveled through. So, like, say I found oh. a, a deceased Transtar employee, and I loot their body for like their shotgun and their med kit. And then, if I take the next character through there, that body does not have a shotgun and does not have a med kit. It's just gone that's really interesting and as you play 
there is a, a conceit within the game that adds a timer to how long you have to get every character off the moon. Uh, you have to get all five out before uh, the whole... It's set up as a simulation, you see, and before the simulation becomes too corrupted because dot, 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 question mark. Uh, you have to escape. Okay. And as you are playing, uh, when you do these runs, successful or unsuccessful, you get points. Points which you can then use to better gear up your characters before they head into the simulation. Okay, so th this is a real interesting concept for a roguelike. Uh, mainly because, you know, a roguelike is very much like one in, like one run or you're done. Mm -hmm. uh, but it sounds like you're doing multiple runs uh, where going through an area is both an advantage and a disadvantage because resources and resource management in roguelikes is also important. So if you're not getting resources from that space, you know, it's, it's essentially useless to you. But knowing that it's safe is also important information. I'm, like, fascinated by this. Also, if this was the... If this was just a game that was released, like, separate from Prey, I would be interested in this. It's, uh... So, if it's expense and it's a concern, uh, I could see, like, the combination of Prey and uh, this DLC going for, like, 30 bucks pretty mm -hmm. soon. Because Prey already goes for, like, 15, 20 bucks most of the time, and the DLC is 20 bucks. But that's, I can understand if that's still like too much. It, it might be a little bit of a thin experience. Uh, my, my feeling personally is that while it, there, there are some novel ideas here, and I like what they're trying to do, uh, incidentally, uh, so let me actually loop back uh, real fast. Like when you are playing, either when you play all the characters and they either die or escape, after that, then the, the map resets. Okay. So you get a new map after that. All right. Can, can you escape with less than five players? You can, yes. Okay. But then the ultimate objective is you need to escape. And there's also, I guess, a, a story escape mm -hmm. that they use where it's like you have to escape under certain conditions for that character. Okay. Like uh, one character was like escape through the Mimic Portal, which is an alien piece of technology. Another yeah. was escape using the shuttle. So like when I, the first, my very first run I was able to escape, I think, because I kind of already knew how Prey worked. But I couldn't get the story escape, which was the mimic portal. I just found an escape pod and left that way. And so I got some points, but not all the possible points. Hmm. I I heard Prey, like, as a shooter was pretty decent. I didn't try it. Uh, but this, more than anything, has piqued my interest in Prey. What I liked most about Prey was, uh, like, the developing mystery behind, like, what is going on on the space station and, like, the, the cast of characters that... Mm -hmm were pretty richly textured throughout the different like audio logs and notes you would find throughout the, the station. And I just kind of liked exploring. I, I liked going through all the different uh, areas and seeing what they had to offer. And unfortunately, the DLC doesn't really offer that same opportunity to do either of those things. I, I believe, my this is my impression, not proven, but there's a lot less uh, like voiced content and like notes and lore to be found because I, I think I'm guessing the randomization is meant to add the, the variety of the gameplay. There's just like less overall terrain to cover. Okay. So you're just going to find less within that terrain. Mm -hmm. And then the timer I mentioned earlier where they have like this plot device where you're doing a simulation 
and the simulation can only last so long before it becomes corrupted means you can't afford to just kind of like tool around like explore every little nook and cranny for yeah. every little like... so, so time is a resource in this as well yes okay yeah so that doesn't let me play the way I, I liked playing the base game that yeah uh, the, the timer thing I think is a little sounds a little contrived uh, I mean I'm, I'm imagining there must be some sort of narrative justification for it so I'm wondering why they would make a decision like that because I think roguelikes are fun to, you could take your time in them uh, and most roguelikes will let you do that like the original rogue was turn based so like you take your you analyze your situation and then you know you take the turn when you're ready um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that part doesn't sound as hot to me, but overall this part, I, I might consider getting pray. I would pay for a 10 to $20 version, standalone version of this, uh, or at least try out the demo. I don't know, but this is, this, it, it's cool that they can take technology or assets that they already own, and then turn it into a different kind of game that is like replayable over and over again. Uh, and like, I that's my favorite thing about roguelikes is like you know you, they're in theory infinitely replayable. Uh, so seeing them do that with Prey is pretty cool. It has had the unexpected side effect of now knowing that there is probably no more Prey coming for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Presumably they will make a Prey 2. It seems likely that that's going to happen somewhere down the line. I heard that game sold all right. I, it makes me want to go back and play Dishonored 2 because it's the same studio. Yeah. Arcane, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, those. I think those guys should make like a true horror game. Uh, seeing Dishonored, like the... The like creativity and dishonored and like just kind of the like tension that was achieved in Prey. I, I don't know, you could probably call that a horror game, right? Yeah, it, it comes pretty close to that. There's I mean, one of the things about Prey is there's this this enemy the mimic mm-hmm. and it will take the shape of an object in the environment and hide there until you walk into it and then it turns into an alien and attacks you. It's scary as hell. The only thing that spared me is like they don't actually do that much damage, or aren't that threatening once they unmorph. So I was just like, like okay, whack it with a wrench. <laughs> it's, it's like finding a spider in the bathtub. Yeah, I always whack my spiders with wrenches. Oh yes, my my bathtub is a mess, by the way. Oh yeah. Also, we live in Australia. These are big spiders. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. No, that totally sounds interesting. Uh, I'll have to maybe check that out. Actually. Yeah, give it a look. Yeah, the original prey. Heavily discounted on like all digital and physical platforms, mm. and this DLC available for every system that Prey is available for is twenty bucks. All right. Well, I think that is what we've been playing, uh, Luis. Of course, before we get into the E3 coverage, you know there is one other thing we must do. I don't want to do it. Well, while Luis sulks, uh, I am going to be doing Bill's Magic Minute right now, where I take one minute sixty seconds to talk about Magic the Gathering without any context. Or explanation, and that's just to get it all out of my system so we don't pollute any other segments with it, and then we'll move on and talk about E3. Are you happy? Will you be happy when we're done? No one's going to be happy when, you're, when we're done with this. I'll be happy. Uh, I'm sure those who love magic love hearing you talk about magic. That's good. When you talk about magic, uh, I just I, I hear white noise. Your minute starts now. 
Checking out the spoilers for M2019, the next set to be released, I'm already kind of missing that we are not going to have four, I guess you would say, advanced level expansions happening anymore. I'm not cl quite clear what the, uh, the phrase for that is these days, but it felt like while it was not great that we were seeing so many cards come out and the rotation was happening so quickly between sets, that still was preferable to another core set. Core sets, I understand their marketing purpose for beginning uh, players, but for you know people who've been playing a long time, the, the cards end up being very simplistic, and the limited formats end up being not as interesting or uh, rewarding to explore in depth as, say, for example, Dominaria, which I've drafted like 25 times and still feel like I can go back and draft it a bunch more if needed. Uh, maybe I'll be surprised when I see the final outcome, but for now, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about M2019. Well, I'll be damned. That was a minute. Let's move on. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll admit, I'm impressed. You ranted for a minute. I went and made a sandwich. How, how was it? How is it? It's better than whatever bullcrap you were spouting. It's not bullcrap. I'm sorry. I crossed the line. It's, I respect your magic opinions. It's like, you, it's like you cast toxic breath targeting me and you gave me minus one, minus one. I don't think you have thresholds. The minute's up. Well, I wasn't going to give any context to it. Let's talk about E3. Yeah, E3 2018 has come and gone. Uh, we have watched pretty much every presentation, seen a bunch of trailers, talked, watched a bunch of game footage. So we, I, th I think we felt the best way to go through it was to talk about the different conferences. And then at the end, we'll kind of loop back around and talk about our, like our, our five favorite games that we saw previewed at the event. Uh, does that sound good, Luis? I think I can agree to these terms. I have a notebook. I saw the conferences... Uh, mostly, uh, at least the replay. I didn't watch them all live, so ah. I, I went back and had to like get a greatest hits of some of them. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, those those were conferences. They started early this year. They are starting earlier and earlier. And this year, uh, this one well, EA had theirs on Saturday. Yeah, which is technically like three days before the actual uh, event happens. Yeah, and I I, I think they. It's weird when they reference their thing, like they don't call it a press conference. They don't really talk about E three too much. They they call it EA Play. Um, I mean, it is an independent event. Yeah, technically. It, so it's an independent event. So let's start with EA. Uh, hey, they had actual presenters this year. <laughs> Yay! I don't. Man, last year was a real bummer. Uh, for those who don't remember. Look up e EA 2017 E3, and it's like all the presenters are like YouTube streamers, and it is some real, real tough to watch. I mean, I'm sure those people are very talented at what they do, but probably don't have like public speaking skills, mm -hmm. at least not in the way we conventionally think of them or in the past thought of them. Mm -hmm. Probably not the best talent crossover there. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, Appreciate what they were going for, but Dagnabbit, that was bad. It was bad to watch. Uh, so I think EA's conference was. Eh. I don't. There's not. There was not a whole lot there to get me excited about EA um, this year. I mean, EA has had a. This is all in the heel. 
heels of Battlefront 2. That god dang disaster. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a lot of their uh, franchises that I enjoyed in the past are either done or MIA. Like, uh, Dead Space is probably done. Mirror's Edge came and went. Uh, well, it's not even... Well, I guess we'll talk about Bioware eventually, but I mean... Yeah. Uh, at least I, they killed Mass Effect. They killed Mass Effect. <sighs> Great giant bomb bit. Yes. Uh, I... I, you know, there was a time where, like, I, everyone on the internet was, like, ragging on EA for being, you know, a money-hungry corporation. And, you know, they, they've shut down some studios before, um, like, Origin, like, I think, um, I, like, I, I'm, 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 a lot of them are, are escaping my... Visceral. You know, visceral. Visceral is, like, the most recent one they shut down, which uh, had that, uh, like, that unreleased Star Wars project that they were working on. Was it thirteen thirteen or something? It was different. It was different than thirteen thirteen. It was basically that. It was like maybe not exactly that, but it was whatever the one that Amy had. It, it, it was Star Wars Uncharted. Yes. Um, yeah. I, yes. So, but yes. you know, even before like Visceral, uh, you know, they had a reputation of shutting down like all these like studios. But like during like the three sixty PS three era, they like we're going for it, man. Yeah, they released Dead Space. They released Mirror's Edge. Uh, there was a third franchise. I think they were like, like betting on too. But they they were backing new IPs, and for the most part, it was working. But I think they once again have become the company that everyone hates again. Um, so like so much so that in this year's uh, press conference when they were talking about Battlefront, uh, they were like, "Well, we screwed up." Sorry about that. One prolonged mea culpa. Yeah, it was like... And you know what, to be fair, it did seem like genuine um, when they had their reps on stage talking about it. Um, another thing that struck me as weird was when they had Vince Zampella there. Uh, the head of Respawn Studios. Uh, so and so they, he announced a new game. But it was like the most lackluster way that could have possibly happened. It's just like the lady presenter going in the audience like, Hey, look who I found. It's Vincent Bella. Hey, you working on anything you? Yep, it's a Star Wars thing. It's going to be pretty good. I don't have anything to show you. Better wait and see. Alright, thanks Vincent Bella. And that's it. Which is like bananas that you would do that to that studio. And it feels like that is the start of a trend in these years' presentations of uh, games being announced where there's just, like, nothing to show. It's just like, this is a thing we are working on, this is what it's called, come back next year. Yeah, and it really does. I, You know, I get it, it's a hard industry, but, you know, it does take away a little bit of, like, the, the spectacle of E3. Because, uh, you know, that's, that's what you're there for. That's what I'm there for. Um, Battlefield 5, Battlefield V... That looks good. I've never personally been a fan of those games, but I'm happy for those who are. I like the Battlefield games quite a bit. They have a... It's the only other game I would expect a Battle Royale mode out of, because that makes sense. Like, it, they've, they've always been about big player counts. Uh, so, like... Again, that, that just... It, that seems natural. Uh, and also they're returning with, like, destructible environments, the same way, like, Bad Company 2 was, like... And if you ever played Battlefield Bad Company 2, like, 
could blow some shit up in that game. <laughs> you could you could really do some damage. Like C, if you were not carrying around C four and blowing up everything around you, you were playing that game wrong. <laughs> uh, also, like the protagonist is a lady. The internet got mad about that. Those guys suck. Yeah, they, they suck. Yeah, it, it's you know it's it's fine. Have more lady protagonists. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and also a, a lesbian. Yeah, that that seems a little more ambiguous, just because like they didn't kind of they didn't spell it out, but it yeah. was like the, it was implied. It was it was implied uh, homosexual protagonist. Cool, yeah. Pride Month, man, go for it. Let's go do for it. it. Do it. Uh, yeah. What do you think about um, Bioware's new thing? Uh, I was not really looking. Well, I am not really looking forward to another Destiny thing. I don't want that. Yeah, uh, so Anthem, yeah, their weird Iron Man suit, Destiny like, because that's that's what that game feels like. Is like, hey, we're gonna we're, me and your friends, we're gonna go out and get loot based stuff. For and you know, don't get me wrong, I like mech suits. I'm a big mech fan. You know this about me. Um, I played a lot of Into the Breach, <laughs> uh, but man, that game just seems like another. Another Destiny, another the Division. Uh, I, you know, like it. I, I love Bioware, but this doesn't seem like something I'm that interested in. You know, I, I was reading uh, on Jeff Gersman's Tumblr about this, where he was saying, "Well, you know, that the last four or five games they've traditionally made have kind of been bad, so they should try something different." And to that I would agree. The more okay. like Dragon Age Two and Dragon Age Inquisition and Mass Effect, like Andromeda. Andromeda. I, I liked Mass Effect Three, for, but uh, I enjoyed Mass Effect Three. Sure, you didn't stick the landing, but it was a good game. Yeah, but like, if that's the case, that they should try something different. I wish they weren't trying their take on an existing like genre or game, basically, like the Borderlands, Destiny. Diablo, first person shooting Diablo type yeah. thing. I'd like something that was more maybe expanded on their narrative. Uh, you know, uh. I think Bioware has always done narrative games like pretty spectacularly. I love like yes. I love the Mass Effect universe. Again, I'm just about in love for Mass Effect. Uh, so I I don't know if you heard, but like they did. At some point in a process, like in an interview, said, "Hey, no romance options," and then the internet got mad, and then like the head of that studio was like, "You know, maybe romance options." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's not like we're saying let the computer characters bone. We don't need digital butt. We're just saying like the idea of intimacy among characters in this fictional universe. Is appealing. Yeah, and you know what? I think Bioware, you know, they've tried that stuff, and I think it's landed for a lot of people. So, um, you know what? I'm, I'm not happy that they. It looks like they're doing something that is not my cup of tea. But I am happy that they are trying something new because that's a. They're a pretty great team. Like Andromeda aside. Yeah. Uh, the, like, most of the games are, like, technically sound, look pretty great, like, have a lot going for them. So, you know, I'll, it, it, that that one's a wait and see. What's the next presser? You, 
The next presser would be Microsoft. Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, you know, I, I don't own an Xbox. Uh, you don't own an Xbox either, right? I don't. You temporarily owned an Xbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a free Xbox One, then I sold it to buy a PS4. Because <laughs> that's the that was the market we're living in. But I'm seeing some of these games here. They're, they're definitely they're on the underdog track now. Uh, so, like, coming out of the last generation between the 360 and the PS3, uh, PlayStation, Sony, they were trying to win the hearts and minds. Now you can see Microsoft trying to do that right back. They're taking moves like the expanding the Games Pass mm-hmm. and making that, like, a really significant offering. Uh, yeah, that Games Pass thing's no joke. No, that, that, that is the closest to a gaming Netflix we have come yet. Yeah, and if they start like releasing like more things for it, like I, I would have to like seriously consider it. Like, see if thieves and didn't do it for me. Uh, it looks like they're getting like a story-ish mode uh, that they announced in that uh, Undead Labs game, the uh, State of Decay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that looks fantastic. Uh, and if you're telling me that I could just have all that for sixty bucks a month, that maybe that's something that I'd have to look into. Um, I, I I think they had a really strong showing, uh, like incredibly strong. Uh, they said the right things. Phil Spencer is like turning that brand around, like that Xbox One reveal event, like when that happened, and all the gamers were like, "What the?" They had a console reveal without showing any games, uh, and that was a, such a damaging thing to that brand Phil Spencer has like come back and like made it about developers he made it about he's made it about gamers he's made it about the games again um so like again like not a whole lot of like tremendously exciting stuff for me but enough stuff to like make me feel confident about Xbox owners uh like Halo Infinite sequel to Halo who knows it's got Master Chief in it yeah, well, pretty unclear what that actually was going to be. Yeah, it was a small trailer, bunch bunch of future army dudes, and then a dude carrying a Master Chief helm, and then the the, the music played. That you know the music, you yes. know the Halo music. Yes. The Halo music played. Uh, it, it it was uh, like it was uh, the that's the wrong one. It's not Halo. Not it's a different, different thing. Yeah, different thing. Um, also involved a monolith, though. Like yeah, a monolithic were... space, quasi-religious object. That that is true. Um, what else did you uh, think about that conference? You know, uh, it was another example of stuff coming down the bend, uh, the things that are happening right now. I mean, it wasn't really clear. Like, uh, crackdown is pushed, and then, yeah. then and then. Uh, we're talking about like the same kind of franchises that we've already seen, like a lot of shooters. Yeah, like more gears, and that really weird gears Funko Pop thing. That oh, Funko Pop. Oh, maybe there's an audience for that that I don't know of, but it seems like that is a huge yeah misstep. Garbage people. <laughs> Ugh, Funko Pops are the worst. Funko Pops are going to be in the landfill soon. I yeah, that's not like something where like I'm hating them. That's just like the way fads work. Yeah, Funko Pops are the Beanie Babies of this generation. Yes. 
Uh, and yes. and but except these beanie babies have learned to adapt to the things you like. Ugh. <sighs> no. Uh, all right. So I felt really strongly about Microsoft uh, because they showed a ton of games. Again, like nothing like nearby, but stuff that has like the potential to be good. Uh, DMC DMC five. Yeah. Um, they announced Battletoads. With like they didn't show a whole lot, but they just said, "Hey, it's coming." Um, the Gears games, so they had Gears Five, that Gears Funko Pop. I'm intrigued by Gears Tactics. Like, I think that's a good universe for that. Um, Those characters, like, they feel ponderous and like, like it's methodical when they are moving around and stuff. So I could see that being I, a, yeah a transfer. I'm, I'm 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 interested in clicking like a really beefy dude or lady to like click and shoot another beefy monster. And then also there was a bigger monster that they had to tactically shoot at. Brumark. Beefy. Yeah. Um, okay, I think the biggest news of this conference was the five studios that they announced. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have them all listed? I do. Yeah, awesome. Hit because because that, I, I do think this is like the strongest move that Microsoft made. Uh, they purchased Undead Labs, the people that made State of Decay. They purchased Playground Games, the people that made Forza. Uh, Ninja Theory, which is like I think huge. Uh, For reference, they most recently made like Hellblade, they uh, made Senwa's Sacrifice. Yeah, uh, Heavenly Blade, uh, that Journey to the West game. Oh, and, and Enslaved. Enslaved Journey to the West, which I thought was like pretty cool. Uh, I would have liked to see a sequel to that. Um, Compulsion Games, the We Happy Few People. Uh, which is like finally getting like a Bioshock esque story mode now, like, and also they announced a new lab, uh, um, what is it called the Initiative. It's 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 spearheaded by the guy who did like the Tomb Raider remakes. Hmm. So like, I think that's strong. Like five new studios like in house, that's big. Uh, because, like, these these are all clearly good studios. Or, well, I mean, with the exception of, like, the initiative, we don't know what that's going to look like. But Microsoft money is, like, nothing to laugh at. Because, sure, and Sony has had, like, stronger in-house development teams recently. And more variety. But I think them putting, like, again, Microsoft is the company that makes, like, Microsoft Word and Excel and sells Windows. They have like a ton of money to throw at this yes so like throwing it at these companies I think positions themselves for like a really good for like a really strong showing whatever the next generation is going to be sure I think the Xbox one I'm not going to call it a lost cause because I think I still think they're supporting it very well but whatever they're going to do next if they have these like players in place can really really make some impressive moves there are rumors that the next Xbox system will be uh, what, what we, we'll be looking at it next year. I, I bet we start hearing about it next year. Uh, I mean, there are rumors of like dev kits and NDAs being signed, uh, but for sure, like this E3 was this console's last big hurrah. Uh, I can't imagine next E3 like being. It'll be like, oh, by the way, these games that we announced last E3, we got more to show here. 
And also, what's that? The Santa Claus? The PS5 down the chimney? Like, <laughs> alright, I guess if you say so. What's that, 2021? Alright, I guess we'll wait then. I bet it's like 2020 that we'll get those consoles. Um, but yeah, those five studios, man, I think that's the biggest deal, and that made me the most impressed out of all these conferences. It was a good move. It, it really showed awareness of where they're at right now mm-hmm. and what they have to do to kind of write the course. Now it's just, we'll have to wait and see like what the finished yeah. product is. Yeah, let's let's see if they can put their money where their mouth is. Um, that's all I have to say about Microsoft. Now let's move on to the other presentation from Sunday, which was Bethesda. Eh. So this was probably the most flagrant uh, violator of that thing I was talking about, where it's like, we're going to talk about the thing that we're making, but we can't show yet, and then the thing yeah. that we're making that we can't show yet after that thing. Bill, I think you have the same question that's been on my mind. Yes? Where is Wet 2? I was always wondering that deep in my heart, and I was too afraid to ask because I feared the answer. Where is Wet 2? It's it's hiding somewhere, man. They're just, like, too afraid Bring to Bring back Eliza Dushku. So they talked about, you know, pretty much all their main franchises. Yeah. Um, uh, I wrote here, the Doom logo looks very nice. Yes. I wrote here, the Elder Scrolls logo looks very nice. Yes. And to be fair, they did show, like, a little bit of, like, that Doom Hell on Earth type thing, which I thought was cool. That's a cool, that's a cool place to take Doom. That's the next logical step. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm ready for that. Just give me more of whatever Doom 2016 was, and I am there. Yeah, it, that's going to be Doom, too. Oh, uh, yeah. So we don't know anything about it. They showed Elder Scrolls a little bit. By show, I mean a landscape and a logo. <laughs> uh, they showed Starfield, which is a star, a space station and a logo. Uh, but Oh, yeah, by the way, Starfield, I'm excited that they're working on a new franchise. I'm excited. That I... and The space. I um... like the... I like the video games in the space. So, like, if you told me that there's, like, a Fallout slash Elder Scrolls set in space, where I get to, like, if I get to customize my own spaceship and, like, do that shit out there, I'm in. I prefer sci-fi to fantasy, so I am all aboard for Starfield. Um, do you like Fallout? Yes. My answer would have to be yes. Okay. I could take it or leave it, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really, really liked Fallout 3. I actually never played Fallout 4. I might I might go back to it now because seeing that what Fallout 76 is and isn't uh, makes me want to play a Fallout game. And I know that Fallout 4 is like the most recent thing. That I, I mean, I get it. Like, I played like 50 hours of The Last Elder Scrolls Skyrim. And, like, enjoyed my time with it. I played about an hour of, like, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. And, like, kind of... It wasn't... That setting wasn't doing it for me. Mm. So, you know, uh, it, it seemed... What they're trying to do with this one, making it entirely multiplayer. Like, every character in the game is an... Every NPC quote in the game is another actual player. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and um, I'm... I'm, I'm waiting to see what everyone else thinks about it. I know I probably won't be playing it, though. One thing from that presentation that did uh, bother me 
like I was surprised that like it had such an emotional impact on me was uh, where they were talking about nuking other players. Yeah. And and how uh, that feels like so close to reality. There's just not enough emotional space between the fantasy world of Fallout and the world I live in that I can fully feel comfortable with the idea of having like access to nuclear weapons within a video game. I know, I'd do it. I'd nuke you. You know, I mean, if if you if you can uh, if you can do that, that's that's certainly that's fair. I just uh, it, it it seems off to me. It seems very, uh, you know, they probably already had that well in motion before things got to the place they are right now. But it, it felt strange. It felt very I, strange to watch that. I get that. I I'm wondering whether that game is going to turn into what all online games turn into, where like. You know, it like, oh, like, me and my life partner, like, Weed Goku 20, 20, 13, and his partner, uh, uh, Extreme Gamer Beans 420. I imagine all online players have weed names. <laughs> like, like, just, you Nothing know. says weed like beans. Yeah. Weed, weed smokers love beans. Uh, well, like, it's, it's, I feel like if you're trying to, like, drive a narrative universe and then like you put that in the hands of like the internet like it usually ruins that yeah yeah uh yeah um well i'll have to wait and see for that did you watch that uh that that uh ub conference actually i have one more question about the uh, the bethesda oh okay what did you think about their attempted humor um the, uh, the skyrim alexa version you know what? Um, was that Keegan Mike Michael Peel? Yeah, yeah, Keegan Keegan Michael uh, Key. Keegan Michael Key. That's right. I think. Well, I think he's funny, and that I thought. And you know, good good on them for trying it. Um, that seems like a thing that like, you know, when Think Geek makes an April Fool's product, and then people are like, "Oh, but I actually buy the thing," and then like a week later. Think Geek says, like, ha, it turns out the thing we joked about is gonna be real. Uh, Alexa, Skyrim seems like a thing that they'd actually make. Like, I, I had a hard time telling, like, is this funny? Because this, I might buy, I, I don't know if I'd buy this, but I know there are people that would buy this. And I'd be intrigued on what this would look like. It felt like they needed to commit to the bit a little bit more. Like, maybe even, like, roll an Alexa out on the stage and, like, just, you know, have someone in the back voicing the Alexa. I would have I been into that bit. Uh, I thought it was all right. I mean, it's a, it's a video game press conference. It was better than most. I yeah. There have been some real clunkers in years before, and that was less of a clunker than most of those. Yes. Speaking of clunkers. Oh, yeah. So, uh, next up is Square. Oh, you know what? That's the one I didn't watch. Oh, okay. Uh, so, let's see. They talked about the new Tome Raider game. and uh, <laughs> Tome was, Raider, huh? Yeah, Tome Raider. Cool. <laughs> they, uh, they you talk- spend your time in a library. L- Lara <laughs> is there and it's like, the, the theme of the story appears to be, you done fucked up, Lara. 
And like everyone is just like telling her. I, I did see that trigger. Like, you caused all this. It's all your fault. This is on your head. You did this to us, Frylock. We told you not to do it and you did it. You killed us. It's an Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yes. All right. So uh, Laura, also Laura getting <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, that, uh, well, I mean, it is what it that, is. That's what those games are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3, I did see that. So this was, I mean, they did that trailer like three times. Twice it was the same. And all three were so bad. Like, oh, man. Yo, though, those pirates look crazy. The likeness of Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp and Kira Knightley. Also, another thing that was weird is John, like a character Johnny Depp plays. Just like it's straight up Johnny Depp hanging out with Sora. That, that and was... Goofy hanging out with Goofy. Ah, oh, this this game looks crazy, and I will not enjoy. It's it's not for me to enjoy, but I know when it comes out. It's going to be bananas for whoever is playing that game. I don't even know who those trailers were for. Like, if you're a fan of the games, you're already going to buy them. But, like, if you're not, that was just, like, impenetrable. Yeah. The, the There was nothing there, like, to make it, like, hey, here's, like, what this is and, like, what you would want to... They, I think they're just appeasing people that have already been into that series. Because I know that's that's that ain't me. I mean, yeah, I guess if that's what they're going for, then like this awkwardly this awkward montage of scenes that have no connection to each other, which is like overdubbed with some song, mm-hmm. and so you can't really hear what the characters are saying. <laughs> yeah, they had weird audio things happening there too, weren't they? Yeah. Um, Hitman Two's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, I it's weird. I actually am a little regretful they're going with just making a game and not putting out the episodic content. Uh, I think with how that studio, uh, how that whole thing happened, you know, it, it's. I don't think they have any other way to do it. I mean, I know that they bought out like their own IP, which is great. I like Idos owns it, but um. Hot name, man. Like getting, they're they're they're. I th- I'm glad that they're just going for it. That this is like, hey, the first one was a success. We were confident enough in another product, uh, and I think that also gives them license to like do like mechanical changes too, or mechanical additions. So uh, I'm all for it. That last Hitman was fun. Uh, bring it on. I don't know what else happened at that conference. They talked about Dragon Quest Eleven. That's coming out really soon. It's coming oh, out right. in September. They talked about Octopath Traveler. That's coming out even sooner. It's coming out next month. Did they announce a, a Tales of game? They uh, So in the Microsoft conference, they announced a remake of Tales of Vesperia, which was the game that came out on the 360 here. Mm-hmm. And they are... So it came out on the 360... And there was a PS3 version which had extra content in it that never came out here. And it kind of sucks because the 360 version has the same content, but it's just locked up. Wow. That's... Wow. Yep. So, are we are we getting that? Yeah, that's all being included in, the, in this remake, and that's coming to PS4, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, I played a little bit of that Octopath Traveler demo, and that game looks real pretty. 
It's a very good looking game. Yeah, uh, and you know what? I want a game with systems. Give me the give me those systems. It has a lot of systems in it. That's for sure. Yeah, it it does have like this kind of crazy like um, multiple attack system. Uh, I, I th- I've seen it compared to Bravely Default, but um, you know what? It's a new RPG by Square. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot. I mean, the most. Stop, sorry. It's not. It's not a new Final Fantasy. Yeah, that was the most noteworthy thing about the conference. I think is no nothing about Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, um, I I don't know what's going on with that. I don't think they know what's going on with that. I mean, it's been three years now since they teased the uh, the remake, mm-hmm. and we know nothing further about it basically, except maybe it got like totally scrapped and restarted. Um. Uh, that's all I have to say for that conference. Yeah. Ubi happened after that, right? Yes, Ubi happened that afternoon. Uh, man, those guys still put on a goddamn show, don't they? That was my favorite conference to watch. They, it for them, like I think they're the ones that are still doing it. Like this is a show where we're gonna have a good time here. Welcome, my friend Flo Rida. Uh, yeah, Flo Rida. Oh, the year Flo Rida played. Oh at the God. Ubisoft conference, uh, man, like they, I think they have the best history of like just the weirdest things. Mister Caffeine, um, Aisha Tyler, and Tabuscus. Uh, last year's debacle where she like sat in the crowd and tried to like riff a thing with an audience member. Oh boy, Oof, man, you know hard swings and hard misses. Um, but this year was good. They started off with Just Dance. So, you know, kick off the show with, like, something kind of crazy. Had a dude dancing in a panda suit. Uh-huh. Uh, like, basically, like, dancing Mardi Gras. Um, there was that dude who, like, fell on stage and he broke the, the lectern. The trials guy. Ugh. I, I love that dude. He, he, what dumb, what dumb, spectacular moves. I wrote his... I took notes for this podcast. Uh, hey, if you're listening, Auntie Ilvareso, you're doing it. Man. He was wearing like a, he was wearing a, 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 a like an evil Knievel type outfit. Yeah, yeah. Like purposely tripped into a lectern to like break what is presumably a fake TV, but at the time seemed dumb. And he gets up again and says, "Trials is about falling gracefully and then getting up again." Hello. It's me. <laughs> it was good. You, you know what? You know what? He sold the bit. Uh, uh, you know what? You know, here's the thing about this podcast. So many bits. We don't talk about the bits enough. But this bit, it's great A bit. <laughs> that, that was a good bit. Um, uh, games you liked. What'd you like? Um, I liked Assassin's Creed, which I did not see myself saying before that... Uh, they started showing it off. It seems like another Assassin's Creed to me, but like it looks good. So I didn't play the last one, and mm-hmm. I'm hearing that it's like kind of an, another version of Origins to an extent. Mm-hmm. But like I liked what they were doing with it, with like the dialogue, and like there appeared to be some allusions to mythical creatures existing in Greece, which I thought was pretty wild. I liked that. Yeah, I could get behind that. Um, the you know, I, I do like ancient Greece as a setting. Um, having 
kind of like dueling male and female protagonists, I think is an interesting story and representative choice. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it looks very pretty. Uh, and this might be one of the first Assassin's Creed's I get back into. Because I basically haven't played since, like, Brotherhood. Uh, I, I, you know, Toys to Life may be dead, but I'm going to take a look at Starlink. I, Starlink I want... looks interesting. Uh, you know what? They got me. When, like, it's, I guess spoiler alert for the conference, but when they do the trailer... And like the lady on the, in the in the spaceship's like, hey, we need help, and you hear the. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, I was like, oh, is that Star Fox? Is that Star Fox? You see like the inside of a ship, like a dude in a leather jacket, and then zoom in on a furry eye. It's goddamn Star Fox. And when they start playing like their rendition of the Star Fox theme, I'm like, oh, I need, that. I want to play this game. It's on my switch. It's gonna be on my switch. Cool. Give me the amiibo for that. I'm definitely gonna own. Whatever that little R-Wing figurine is. Yeah. I, I want that. Uh, and getting Miyamoto on stage there. <laughs> you know what? I like the Ubisoft-Nintendo relationship. Whatever that is. Yeah. Like, it seems to be uh, good. It seems genuinely, like, friendly. Like, Yves Guillemont, like, like patting Miyamoto on the back and giving him, like, a, a the R-Wings, like, gift. Uh, and nice. yeah, and as they were walking off, the Star Fox music starts playing again. And God damn it, Ubisoft! <laughs> you can't do this to me. Um, and also, they you know talked about the division too. I think that looks alright. Uh, raids. This might that might be the point where I get on the division. Hmm. Um, and and again, I know what we t- I talked about like Anthem not being my cup of tea, but. I heard the division was like enough of a good shooter that I would want to give it a shot. Um, Beyond Good and Evil Two, though, that's kind of what I want to talk about. What do you? Uh, so you, you liked what you saw? I'm interested in what I saw. I don't know if it's a good thing yet. I'm well the the art style and kind of the narrative direction they're going to because in this trailer they finally showed off like. The characters from the original game, uh, Jade and Pig Uncle, uh, and I, and also like the spacefaring like culture stuff, like seems interesting to me. Uh, and the game itself looks pretty, sounds pretty cool. Where like apparently it's like class based, but the classes that you choose are based on like specific animal DNA that like get mixed in with your body. So like apparently in this fiction, like. Everyone in this universe, like, gets some sort of splicing with an animal DNA, depending on what sort of job you have. So, like, if you have, like, monkey DNA in you, it's because, like, that specific DNA was used for, like, mining or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, like, that open world. The other part that was interesting was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. Yeah, that uh, that has not appeared to be a good thing. What they're doing, I'm I'm a little intrigued with it. I want to see where that goes. So if if you're out of the loop, like they are essentially crowdsourcing asset work. Yeah, yeah, like they're like, hey, you see this wall in the game? You can design a thing that shows up yeah, on that wall. And yeah, you can you- put graffiti on that wall. You can make music that is going to get played in the game. 
Um, I don't like. I don't know. You can voice character dialogue. I don't. I think it's an intriguing idea. Uh, it is. Uh, like the the main criticism I, I I read from artists is that it constitutes speculative work where you are doing work with the idea that you may or may not be paid for it. Yeah. Which is not uh, very. Uh, it's fair. not appealing. It's not. I think I. I like the idea of like if you're into this thing enough and you you want to do it for free like I think there's room for that. Of course, I always think artists should get like compensated for their work. Um, so I don't know. Like it, I think there for me there's a gray area here because I think I think there are enough people out there that are artistically inclined that love that original good uh, beyond good and evil. And if there are enough people that are that are good artists, but like will do passion work, then I think that's all right. I, but I also, yeah, I don't, I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think uh, it's equitable to pay someone based on their passion or not pay someone based on their passion. And uh, unfortunately, companies are going to do that if they feel they can uh, make that happen. That's that, that's economically viable for them. So it's ultimately up to the artist or to us to to voice our displeasure and say we will not do this or we are not happy you are doing this i am more intrigued by it than anything because i'm wondering what sort of end product it results in who knows they might even back down from this because i do think the backlash is kind of like rough yeah uh, i mean that, that would be good i i I like. I still like the idea of crowdsourcing, but if these people like are compensated somehow, like maybe it doesn't have to be a lot. But I do think like saying that like we'll compensate you. We don't have the budget for everything, like for all of it. But we'll giving something in return. Artists should get paid. Yeah, and this is Ubisoft. It's not like I mean, yeah. Ubisoft is an international company that you know grosses millions and millions of dollars a year. By the way, the second you start making a dime on this, I'm coming after you. I want my dime. You are welcome to any drink up to one in my fridge. I like that deal better. Yes. Um yeah, I Yeah, I do I, I agree like this is like I like there, there there's a certain curiosity like that I have about this. Because I want to know what that is. I think if if we're if if it means we're trampling on like a whole bunch of artists along the way, though, uh, that curiosity can like probably will subside. I also don't think this game's not going to come out for like another twelve years. That is also true. It is not does not appear anywhere remotely close to being done. So yeah, there is that. The the footage, the pre alpha footage looks pretty good. Yeah. Um. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt's appeared on stage. That was weird. Yeah, him and Elijah Wood. He was showing. No, it was Ubi. He was showing off like a this like kind of interactive storytelling game that his uh, film company basically was working on. Oh, is that is that looking good? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sony. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, they only showed like. Five games? Four games? I think it was four four or five. Alright, I wrote down Spider-Man. One. Last of Us. Two. Death Stranding. Three. Ghost of Tsushima. 
Four. I can't. I, I don't. I'm not aware of any else. Then I think that's all and, we got. And then they showed like little things in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but primarily those four. Those yeah. were the four primary games. Uh, apparently, they were moving people around in different seating areas. Yeah. Which seemed kind of uncool. It seems very strange and unpleasant. Yeah. Live musical performances, too. Yes. Um, banjo, like, I'm not, I'm not doubting, these are excellent musicians, but also this is, it's just one of those weird, like, E3 press thing, presser things where it's like, oh, you're just gonna make us watch a music, music, huh? Not, not a game, just music, you're, you're, you're entertaining, okay, cool. Uh, so before the Last of Us trailer, they had the banjo guy. Right. Which, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, that trailer looked pretty good. Um, that had an effect on me, that yeah. trailer. Yeah, like, as always, Naughty Dog is keeping it fucking... They're, keep, like, keeping the violence very visceral. Yes. Uh, and keeping it real, uh, like, and the amount of this bespoke and animation that's happening with that stuff. Uh, is truly incredible. Uh, also, good te- kissing technology. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh... I, I always end up looping back to Giant Bomb, but like it was very telling to me that when they were doing the scene and the dance, mm-hmm. no one was saying anything. Yeah, everyone was just watching the scene. And then when the violence started, like right after they go into the combat, people are like dissecting the combat and the violence, like how inward, how desensitized we are to like this violence, and how like an actual, some like an intimate moment. In a, in a game can like still have that effect because we're still exploring that territory yeah uh, intimacy and also like to I think it's worth noting that this was a lady to lady kiss yes uh, Elsie is, likes the ladies yeah uh, and they and again representation way to go I'm uh, 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 10 points for Gryffindor <laughs> uh, bad 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 fun no I'm, I'm genuinely like pleased and supportive of like that sort of character choice, um, and all, and also like that was like a real act, like you know a lot of times in video games like a kiss is like you know you'll, they'll do like camera tricks to kind of like make it not show you yeah shot from like behind a character's head shot from bit kind of exactly behind a character's head or it just looks like two basketballs ramming into each other. Um, but no, this is like, hey, they went for lip articulation and all that. It like seemed very intimate and tender, uh, and not it didn't like weird me out. Like, Ugh, this is a video game kiss. No, it was a proper kiss. Yeah, we've talked about kissing a lot today. More kissing, make all the game characters kiss. Listen, if Master Chief is not making out with Sonic the Hedgehog this E three, I don't want to hear about any of it. <laughs> Make Sonic and Master Chief kiss. Sonic has already kissed a human. Uh, presumably, Master Chief has already kissed Cortana. She's blue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're both one step away. All right. Yeah, Cortana is basically Sonic. Yes. Um, Spider-Man looks good. That looks good. That's coming soon, too. It uh, As someone who read this, that, that, like, the, that cast of villains that they're doing is, like, all based off, like, a recent arc of Spider-Man comics. So, like, I'm very excited for, like, 
having a Spider-Man game be based on the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, Mr. Negative's in that game. No one's heard of Mr. Negative. It's like a really recent addition to the comics. Um, so yeah, I'm Insomniac. I'm really excited for that. That's probably my... Uh, my, 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 like, my, as far as upcoming games are, com- are concerned, that's probably, like, my next buy. Um, Ghosts of Tsushima? Tsushima, there we go. Like, Tsunami. But Tsushima, what do you think about this game? It looked, uh, really good. I, uh, was impressed with the, the way it kind of just, it felt like you were navigating through a world, that things were happening, uh, that... <clears throat> Like I was controlling a character in a movie, maybe, is, is the way I would put it. I heard a lot of comparisons to Kurosawa movies. And that really speaks to me because I, I love movies like Seven Samurai or Yojimbo, uh, Hidden Fortress. Like, man, that that game should have a black and white mode. Um, I think someone on Giant Bomb said that. We talk about them a lot. Um, I mean, they're, they're good at what they do, guys. Yeah. Uh, Sucker Punch behind that game, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. That's Stranding, though. What is that? Like, I don't know what it is. is. What, what? Are you delivering things in that game? That sounds like what that game is. I mean, cool, maybe? Like, that might actually be kind of cool. It's not like what I was expecting, but you know, it doesn't have to be a game where everyone like murders each other, either. So I that's, mean, I bet that's gonna happen. It probably is gonna happen at some point. But like, also, like, the murder's gonna be weird. Um, oh. You know what? Like Kojima, like I'm, I'm still genuinely like hopeful that Kojima will make a good game. I think uh, the more that game takes shape, the more we're going to be disappointed. I just don't think it can match up to like the expectations set by like those first few trailers. That like I, I don't know if if it was. I think having any expectations for those trailers is like a fool's errand because they those trailers showed you nothing. Uh, that game could have been anything. That could have been a Sims game. <laughs> like, you know, for all for all I know, that might that game might be a match three puzzler. <laughs> like, it could still be anything. Um, but it seems like it's third person, open world ish. You play as Norman Reedus. Uh, Mads Nicholson is in there somewhere. Yeah, maybe a bad guy. Yeah. Whatever that game is, um, I'm just. When it comes out, it comes out, and that's when I can make my decision. Like, I, I can't... I don't know if any... Like, with Metal Gear, we had expectations, because we knew there was going to be some amount of, like... Like, army, army shit happening. Yeah. But here, like, it's fair game, man. Go for whatever. Uh, that was Sony. Last but not least. Nintendo... Nintendo. So do you like uh, the game Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I on- only like that game. Yes, that that's uh, all you're going to be playing from now until forever. Uh, I've written down a list of 100 facts about those games. Uh, number one, Pikachu can wear a Lucha Libre mask. All right, that's really the best one. I mean, I talk. I don't need it. I, I don't peaked. need the other 99. I peaked. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Nintendo. What the fuck, man? So, remember when they made a website and, like, every day they would release a new article saying, like, one unique thing about Smash Yeah, Brothers the Brawl? Smash Dojo. Yeah. It's like they did that, but, like, all at once in, like, a, a span of, like, how long was that? Like, 20 minutes to half an hour? 
it it bored me of Smash Brothers. I was bored. I and I right. lo- love Smash Brothers. All right, so Nintendo, like man, they kept the bare bones, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they talked about they showed uh, Demon X Machina, which seems like a mech game. Yes, like an arcadey mech game. Uh, Xenoblade. Uh, they show a little bit. They yeah, showed, some like DLC for that. Um, they showed uh, um, like that they're they're making another Fire Emblem. Yep. Which you know what? <laughs> expected it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we talked about Pokemon, the, the Let's Go Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. Not technically, actually a Pokemon. Um, they announced Fortnite for the Switch, which I think is a logical move. Yeah. I uh, like my cousin's daughter wants a switch and also she's way into fortnite and she, like these are and now that this came out she's like stoked stoked that she's gonna get a switch and fortnite at the same time um and then oh uh octopath traveler which i am genuinely excited for um and then and five hours of super smash brothers yes uh like i I felt the same way I felt watching the Hobbit trilogy. It's like, I didn't even know you could invent this much stuff to talk about. Yeah, there was a, like a, an extreme amount of minutiae. Again, I'm, I'm happy that they announced it and like showed it. But holy fuck, that's a lo- that was a lot of... That was a huge info dump. Man! That... Wow, that's what they did. Whoa! Like, they uh, Yeah, well... In either case, the game looks good. Yeah, it looks it like... It looks like a Smash Brothers. Yes. And Smash Brothers Ultimate, it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got my got my GameCube controllers. I got my uh, GameCube adapter. Uh, yeah, I'm, so won- I'm wondering if the Pro Controller is any good for it. The Switch Pro? Uh, yes. I, I can't play on anything but the GameCube controller. Uh, I'm, I'm hooked. I, I don't know if I'm going to... Buy a game controller and adapters for that. Um, they're bringing back every goddamn character. That so I was going in. I was hoping they would bring back the Wii U DLC because mm-hmm. my impression is that very few people got to see those characters, and it was yeah. kind of a waste to feel like burned Cloud on this like one and done thing. Yeah, Cloud, Bayonetta, Ryu, like those all seemed really cool. Yeah, um, and I'm glad I'm gonna get the try them out. I like the, the duck hunt dog and duck. He was a fun character, yeah. Yeah, he's a, like a total troll character. That's what I want. Yeah, just throw them cans. I'm, I'm the guy that played Mr. Game and Watch and then whenever he threw you off spit state would spam his belt Ring. hunt. Yeah. I'm the guy that played DDD and whenever he threw you off stage would just hold down so he does like his like Lionel Richie pose. <laughs> uh, and they're bringing back my favorite troll character, Solid Snake. Oh my gosh. Because Solid Snake is a paramilitary dude who just uses explosives. He was a good character, too. I liked using him. Yeah. Setting the mines, shooting the Nikitas. Yeah. Yeah, Nikitas. Throwing grenades. C4. Uh, a grenade launcher from, like, a helicopter. God. Oh, he did Snake. the forward roll when you did the dash attack. Yeah, he did the forward. He did the one, two, three hit. The, the punch, 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 pun
Oh, god dang it, I'm so happy that that's back. This is more exciting just talking about this than the actual presentation was. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I was excited when they said, that's right, we're bringing everyone back. Everyone. Everyone! Like, I think about that, uh, that scene from the profession, Leon the Professional, Gary Oldman, that he was just in the boardroom. Like, so which, uh, Smash characters should we bring back? Everyone. What do you mean, every... Everyone! <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and also, like, mechanical changes, like... Like, you can, like, do directional air dodges now, again. Yeah, you can do that in Melee, right? They, yeah, they took so, it out. They, so they might... They took it out because of wave dashing. Uh, which, if you don't know what that is, go Google it, because it's, it's... It's dumb. Um... Also, uh, like, they introduced, like, a new blocking mechanic, like, perfect blocks. Like, if you release your shield, when you get, as you're getting a hit, you can, you essentially, that bubble does not shrink down. Um, also, punishing you for dodging too much. Like, add, the more you dodge on the ground, your dodges get slower, so you need to, like, play a bit more offensively if that was a thing you did a lot of. That's fair. I think that's, I think that's a smart move and I think that'll like really speed up some matches um, anyway I'm, I'm looking forward to it they brought, they're bringing Ridley that internet joke's a thing now that's amazing I'm yeah. so proud of them uh, the Splatoon Squid Kids are around good um, good character yeah great great characters I do like that they were like please don't expect too many more new characters <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're working very hard on this yeah yeah uh, so yeah, it was exactly three days of that. So, so uh, well, Luis, uh, this podcast has gone on for almost three days. Yeah, this is this, this is a E3, jumbo size version. This is an E three extravaganza. Seriously, yeah, we kind of went deep into this. Uh, final thoughts? Yeah, let's let's rattle off. I guess in no particular order, like your five favorite games that were shown at E3. Okay, five favorite games. Um, no particular order. Uh, the I think Cyberpunk 2077, we didn't talk about that at E3's presser, but that apparently was amazing behind closed doors. That was a fantastic art style. Good-ass logo. Uh, let's see, Smash, I think I'm excited for. Something on my Switch is always great. Beyond Good and Evil, I think it is is definitely something that I am I'm just again curious about. I need to know what that is. I love that first Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, the uh, new Spider-Man game, I think, is gonna look really great. And uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice from Software's new game. Uh, it's apparently not an RPG. It's gonna be an action game. But uh, you know what? I'm excited to see what those guys are going to do after Dark Souls or Bloodborne like the Souls series uh, they do action games right and they do storytelling right so bring it on from soft awesome and as for myself it would be uh, we'll just uh, say Cyberpunk 2077 and Super Smash Brothers I'm also into those yeah uh, and then in addition to that Assassin's Creed Odyssey kind of mm-hmm. spoke to me in a way I was not expecting uh, we did not get to this. Actually, this was another game they did mention in the Sony press conference was the Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. So that looks pretty great. It's, 
Do you know if that's going to be like a straight up remake or like Resident Evil Four style action? Ah, uh, because I think it could swing either way. The that yeah, that remains to be seen if it's going to like model itself over like those limited controls in right. that way. I it, I it could go either way, I suppose. Uh, so that looks pretty great, and then lastly, uh, they announced DLC for Cuphead, and I yeah. you know I loved Cuphead last year. And I'm happy to go in and explore some more levels. And they're adding a third character, uh, the Lady Chalice. Yeah, what is, where is her name now? What's the cute, like, character? Chalice Girl? Miss Chalice? I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever. It, it was a great design. Lady Cuphead character into it. Uh, yeah, that was E3. Man, um, this, this E3 got me excited about video games. Like, I, uh, you know, sometimes I feel a little jaded. I've seen a lot of V3s. And now, you think you've seen it all, but the hits keep on coming. I was Googling really fast to see if I could find the chalice name, but it's not immediately obvious to me. Well, I'm sure you can insert that name here. Eh, it's fine. Okay. Luis, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Your your drink is available when needed. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be needing that drink because we uh, we talked up a storm here. We certainly did. And uh, if you want people to find you either online or in person, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter.com at agent underscore Eli. I'm currently tweeting a lot about the World Cup. Mexico beat Germany today. Whoa! Hey. So which is like a pretty big deal. I saw that with my dad, so good Father's Day. Yeah, awesome. Happy Father's Day, Dad. I got you a victory not seen in 30 years. <laughs> uh, take that, take that, Germany. Sorry if you're a Germany fan. Mexico's really lit right now. I imagine they're like, very Mexi happy. Mexican Twitter is just so lit. Good for them. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, how about you, Bill? Don't you have endeavors of your own? Nah. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I guess just, you know, as, as for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. We're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Wednesday is usually for Magic the Gathering Online. Thursday is usually for a potpourri of different games. Just last week I was playing. That Prey Mooncrash DLC I talked about in the opening. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts, support independent art, the spirit of Galaxy Collective.